Now let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from John's gospel, chapter 6, verses 25 through 35. When they found Jesus on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How's your hunger? As we're confined to our homes, we're all hungry for something. Hunger is that feeling of discomfort or weakness when we lack something and it brings with it the desire to do something to satisfy the hunger. So when we're hungry for food, we eat. When we're hungry for relationships, we spend time with people. When we're hungry for entertainment, we watch a show. And when we satisfy our hunger, what do we say? We're full. But with all of these things, sooner or later, the hunger returns. This hunger, uh, this is how it works in our world. It's this never-ending cycle of empty and full, empty and full, but a worldwide pandemic has a way of changing our hunger profile. A month ago, we were hungry for things like spring break and a new baseball season and warm weather. And one month later, how different things are. We're stuck at home. It's uncomfortable. We're missing a lot. We're hungry to see our parents or our grandkids or our friends. We're hungry to be able to go somewhere and have coffee or lunch with a friend. We're hungry to be able to work and pay the bills. We're hungry to gather again as a church. We're hungry for the Lord's supper and yet we can't come to the table. We're hungry for the Lord because we feel how much we need him. A month ago, we were hungry for the extra things. Now we're focused on the essentials. I've been wondering a lot about what the Lord is doing. I see these maps with hot spots around the world flashing as the COVID-19 virus spreads around the world. And I just wonder what it would be like if we could see a map of human hunger. What if the Lord is stripping away everything and spreading a hunger for himself around the world? 
In John 6, Jesus talks with a number of people whose hunger is all out of whack. And in this passage, we learn something about us, something about him, and something about Christianity. So first about us, Jesus warns us about working for food that perishes. A little context is helpful here. Earlier in John 6, Jesus miraculously feeds thousands of people. So these people have tasted and seen what Jesus can do. They have bread on the brain, we might say. That, like paparazzi, they're chasing him around. So when they find him, of course, they say, Rabbi, when did you come here? And they seem genuinely excited to be with him. And yet Jesus sees through it all. He questions their motives. He says they're coming to him for the wrong reason. They're not coming because they believe that he is the Christ. They're coming because they ate the bread and they're hungry again. Yesterday's miracle is old news. What have you done for us lately, Jesus? We can be fans of Jesus and not have faith in Jesus. So Jesus says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. What does Jesus have against food? Nothing, of course. Food is essential to our earthly bodies. But Jesus is reminding us that this earthly food doesn't satisfy for long and eventually spoils. In a few hours, we'll need to eat again. And in a few days, the bread will be moldy. But the warning isn't just about the limits of physical food. Most of the things for which we hunger, we could call food that perishes. So we hunger for power. Before the coronavirus, we were in full swing with an election with many of us longing and hungering for change and many of us longing, hungering for things to stay the same. But if our candidate wins, would we really be full? We hunger for people. Right now, we're all isolated in different ways, young and old, single, married, divorced. There are people we want to be with. We long to connect with someone, and that's good. But if we could be with that person or with people, would we really be full? We hunger for possessions. The economy crashes. People lose jobs. We wonder how to pay the bills. And we're afraid because what we have or what we're trying to get is important to us. But if we could actually gain the whole world, would we be full? I could go on. We hunger for schools and businesses and sports to return. The women are starting to hunger for manicures. The men are starting to hunger for haircuts. The pastors may all look like John the Baptist by the time this is all over. We all hunger for a vaccine. We hunger for life as we knew it. But Satan hides a trap in our hunger. It's this, the temptation to think, if we can just get these things, everything will be okay. But just think about a month or two ago, perhaps you had those things. Were you really full then? Did those things really satisfy? So Jesus teaches us something important about ourselves. We're tempted to work for food that perishes, but he doesn't just leave us there. He tells us about another kind of food. Jesus teaches us that he is the bread of life. He's the ultimate fisherman and he baits the hook. Imagine being in the crowd that day. In verse 27, Jesus speaks of the food that endures to eternal life and we nibble. In verse 32, he talks about the true bread from heaven and we take a bite. In verse 33, he reels us in a little more for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So we say, sir, 
give us this bread always. Like the woman at the well who said, give me this water. Now we're really hooked, but we're still just thinking about physical bread. So in verse 35, Jesus drops the bomb. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We don't realize how shocking these I am statements are. A teacher might say, there is bread of life and I can tell you where to find it. A king might say, there is bread of life and I'll buy it and give it to you. But Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And this is why Jesus can't merely be a good teacher. He's not a good teacher if he says he's the light of the world and the door and the good shepherd and the bread of life if he's not. But if he is, he deserves a lot more than the title rabbi. He deserves our whole life. He deserves our worship because he's the son of God and the savior. Jesus knows this. And that's why these conversations in the gospels often take a turn. And if you go and read the rest of chapter six of John, you'll see it. People don't respond well to what he's saying because Jesus didn't come just to debate. He came to turn our lives upside down. And that's what he does. We say, okay, Jesus, so how should we be working? And he says, this is the work of God. Believe in me. We say, okay, Jesus, give us this bread you're talking about always. And he says, I am the bread of life. So you see, Christianity is different from every other approach to life. It's not about doing something to prove ourselves or to earn our acceptance. It's about trusting that Jesus is who he says he is. And he makes this crystal clear. If we want to move beyond this never-ending cycle of empty and full, empty and full, the call is to come to Jesus and embrace him as the bread of life. If we do, we will never hunger and thirst again in the ultimate sense because he is the food that satisfies forever. Do you know him as the bread of life? In John 6, faith is trusting that only Jesus can satisfy our deepest hunger. Since everything else is food that perishes, we should come to Jesus as our bread of life. If you do not know Jesus, he's calling you to look beneath all the hungers in your life, whatever they are, and to see that your deepest hunger is actually for him. Listen to the Lord's invitation in Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Jesus is inviting you to come to the waters. Trust that he bled and died to save you from your sins. Trust that his grace covers all the ways that you've worked for food that perishes and doesn't satisfy. Ask him for this holy hunger and come to him. Trust him to be your bread of life. If you do know Jesus, rejoice, brother or sister. He is your bread of life today. The deepest hunger in your life has been satisfied forever. You are full. Through his word and spirit, he wants to sustain you every day. Just think about the way we interact with physical food. We don't just look at it or talk about it. We eat it. 
We get it down into us so that it can nourish us and fill us. The Lord is calling us to stop settling for just looking at him or talking about him. He wants us to feast on his word and enjoy him as our bread of life. In this extraordinary moment in the world, the Lord is forcing so many people to be still. What if he's slowing us down so that we can see what truly matters? There's going to be a lot of hunger and a lot of need in the world. What if he wants to show the world a people who can lose so much and still have it all? Because no matter what we're lacking, if we have the bread of life, we are full. How contagious would the church be if we lived like we know the bread of life? If we're full of Jesus, we will overflow. Has the bread of life filled us? If he has, there's a hungry world waiting for us to share. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray silently and reflect on what the Lord is teaching us from his word.